0: What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Jam Special. We're going to talk about Magic: The Gathering, Warhammer forty K, Dungeons and Dragons, and other aspects of my nerdy life. My name is John. And I'll be your host for this Warhammer Wednesday. And for this Warhammer Wednesday, we're gonna look specifically at kill team and look more at the tactics, the strategies that can go into the game, especially when you're building your army. I know for me, whenever I was jumping into the game and I was brand new and I was looking to introduce my play group into Warhammer and Kill Team specifically, I was looking at all kinds of different articles, looking and trying to figure out how do I go through and actually build a Kill Team in the first place, what do I actually do for strategies, and you know, what can we do to get started, so that way whenever I am playing the game I can also teach some of the different tactics and strategies to my friends, so that way we all have an opportunity to win and play and do better. What I'm hoping to do is share with you guys some of the things that I found really helpful um, whenever I've decided to start playing the game, um, my experience with it. I've been playing Kill Team for a little over a year now, and uh, not only have I played a lot of games, just Sad Hammer with some friends, but I've also watched a lot of you know battle reports, which is gameplay videos essentially. Watch uh, watched a lot of tabletop simulators streamed on Twitch. i uh, seen a lot of different tournaments and everything go down and so I'm going to try and piece together some of the basics that I think are really helpful for somebody starting off in the game and to understand some of the tactics and strategy and nuances that come with Kill Team versus other games you may have played before. This episode's going to be a little bit longer than my normal ones so let's go ahead and get strapped in. We'll take a moment to listen to our sponsor and then we'll jump into the actual video itself. Welcome back. So, when you're looking at playing a dice rolling game, um, be it any kind of war game like Age of Sigmar, Warhammer 40k, Kill Team, heck, um, like even Monopoly, or some other different games out there, one of the biggest things that you want to do um, when you're playing strategically is try to limit how much randomness is going to be actually on the board and try to limit how many negative modifiers might be applied to you and your game pieces. Any game that deals with randomness or luck can really screw you over in the long run. Doesn't matter how good of a player you are, um, luck can definitely give you a pretty big indicator on whether or not you're going to do well in a game or not. When you're playing Magic the Gathering, bad card draws are huge. When you're playing Warhammer 40k or Kill Team, rolling a bunch of ones is probably not a good sign. So wherever you can go through and try to limit those different negative modifiers or those negative outcomes, I guess, that's really what you want to try and do. And when it comes to kill team, there are several ways you can do this before you even start rolling dice. The first kind of tactic or strategy I would highly recommend is know your models, know what their capabilities are and what they can do before you even make them hit the battlefield. you know, if you know what kind of weapons you're bringing, who walls in your command roster, it's going to make you do a little bit better if you're going up against different opponents um, that you may not know. Kind of bring take all comers lists are definitely pretty decent, but you want to know what specific models can do what. Which one of your models is going to be better at taking on hordes? Which one of your models is going to be better at taking on um, heavier armored targets or even the marine equivalents? So, knowing list building and knowing what models you have available to you is extremely huge for the game of Kill Team. Again, it's not your only part of the game uh, that you play strategically and tactically, but it is probably one of the biggest ones, especially if you want to know what you are bringing to the table. You want to know kind of how it works. The other side um, is also movement. Movement is one of the few things in Kill Team that you don't have to roll dice for. Now, you can if you do a charge or an advance, but... Um, in most cases, if you're just doing normal moves, you don't have to worry about that. That is something that is static and consistent throughout the game. So when you're moving your models, that's one thing you would really keep an eye on is try to move your models in a way that helps protect you from having to fire at models that are obscured or over half a distance, but you also want to move your pieces or your models to places where they can't be easily shot either. And then in conjunction with the first example I was giving, when you know what your list is able to kind of tweak or hone that during your deployment um, or even just setting up your list in the first place when you know what your opponent is bringing. If your opponent is playing one of the three major archetypes I'll talk about in a minute, um, you want to know which models you need to place where in order to help counter them from being able to win. So knowing that you need to know what objectives you're playing and kind of understand the different mission details. If you're playing competitively, that's something that i highly recommend you do look at these four different steps you want to know what kind of missions are there most tournament organizers will have their own mission pack or they will describe what missions will be played um, when you're going to be playing warhammer 40k kill team so you'll want to know if those missions are more objective based or if they're more killing based a lot of the third party um kind of tournament packs that people make. I've kind of seen that they're a little bit of both. Um, They are usually take one or hold one, hold more, um, kill one, kill more, uh, which just means that you take one objective and you hold it, that's going to get you some points. If you hold more objectives than your opponent, that's going to get you even more points. If you kill a model on your opponent's side, that's some points to you. If you kill more models than your opponent did, then that's more points to you. So um, it kind of lends itself to both aspects of Kill Team, but some of those different tournament packs and missions may play better towards melee armies or may play better towards shooting armies. So you need to know what kind of army you want to bring Um, And knowing if it's going to be more kill-based or more objective-based is extremely important when you're crafting your list in the first place. For those of you that are unaware, there are command rosters for kill teams. So if you're playing a 100-point game of kill team, um, it's actually a 20-man roster. So your kill team, your list itself, is only 100 points that you can bring to the table for a core rule book, core whatever. Um, Most tournament organizers or your friends can decide on playing with more power if you want to Or points, I guess Or playing with less if you want to But a command roster is effectively where it's an abstract list that you make You can have as many points on the list as you want to And this is going to be where you're going to be drafting your models from You can have up to 20 of them And um, yeah, so essentially what you can do is you can include models on there And include specialisms that they have too So you could if you wanted to bring a Reaver Sergeant um, as a leader onto that list. You can then also put on that command roster a Reaver Sergeant that's not a leader but instead a Combat Specialist. Um, And then you can kind of mix and match and say, oh, well, this game, my Reaver Sergeant is the leader Reaver Sergeant. Or this game, my Reaver Sergeant is the um, combat Reaver Sergeant. It's up to you on how you want to do it. It's a little bit complicated, but there are some good YouTube videos that go over command rosters. I highly recommend get familiar with the process itself, and that'll be pretty helpful for if you're looking to go through and mix and match some of your armies. It's going to help you not have to take a take-all-comers list. Instead, it's going to be helpful for you to say, hey, I can tweak my army to actually build against my opponent's army and build something that's a little bit stronger against them in the first place. So those are things that I would recommend you get familiar with and kind of keep an eye on whenever you are building your lists. Um, Before you even start rolling dice, this is going to give you a huge advantage. If you are going to be playing a bunch of models that are psychers. so if your opponents are going to be bringing a lot of Thousand Suns or Grey Knights to the table, you might want to bring more models that can act as chaff, um, that can get away get in front of their cybolts and really screw up your opponent's plans of dealing those mortal wounds to you if you find out your opponent's not playing it's but instead they're playing maybe a pox walker spam or a guardsman spam or an orc spam you may want to look at bringing um, different weapons that are able to hit a lot more models um, a lot easier things like flamers or grenades are really nice for uh, clearing those things out so again just going down the list know kind of command roster and you know figure out your list building strategy that's huge um when you are actually playing the game try to focus on your movement and your normal moves you want to put your models in the best chance of success for them to be able to fire and shoot but you also want to keep them away from being put in a good opportunity shot for your opponents as well you'll probably want to know what your opponent is playing it's going to help you tweak your list in the first place and also can help out with um just kind of helping you out with the mission pack overall if you know if your missions are going to be more objective based missions or if they're going to be more kill based missions you will know which models to bring where if you're wanting to kill more or if you're wanting to hold more so yeah those are a few of the things that you can do before you roll any dice on the table um, or even when you are playing the game just knowing the tactics overall is really handy Now, for me, I think one of the biggest things that comes to Kill Team is the list building. I absolutely love list building. Whether I was playing Magic the Gathering, you know, whatever format it was, I loved making different decks and lists and telling people, oh, this is how this works, or this is why you include this piece. That's kind of what I really enjoy about Kill Team as well. And just like Kill Team, just like 40K, just like a lot of different games out there that have a meta or competitive scene, you're gonna come to find out that there's different archetypes for your different lists. For a uh, kill team, I would say there's three major archetypes that you can focus on. You have the Horde, you have the Elite, and you have the Mixed. Horde means more models, more winning for you. Elites means bigger models, better results, usually can do more. And then Mixed is a little bit of this and a little bit of that. They have kind of a mix of both. They have some of the Horde for like chaff, and they have some Elite models that are act usually more as killing models knowing which one you're going to go up against helps you know which weapons to bring which models to bring and once you know your mission as well you're going to know is it better for me to bring more models that can kill or is it better for me to bring more models that can take objectives it's really going to be up to you to decide on that one and it's up to not only what kind of archetype you want to play and your play style but it's also going to be up to your faction because some are better than others i've heard some people say don't get you know married to a kill team I'm completely fine if you do. Um, What that means is if you get married to a kill team, you play one kill team. You're the guy that's known to be the Space Marines player. You always bring Space Marines, whether they're good or they're bad. And Space Marines are usually pretty good. Um, but maybe you can be like a Guardsman player. You always bring Guardsmen, whether they're good, whether they're bad. You always bring Harlequins, whether they're good, whether they're bad, because you love that army. So if you are one of those people that you are married to a army, maybe figure out what models are available to you out of the core book, pride nexus, elites, commanders, whatever you feel like to kind of help you out with your list building strategy. So knowing what you're going to be going up against is going to help you not only know which models you bring, but also what weapons you bring at each archetype and faction. They're going to want to do one of two things to help accomplish your mission. You're either going to want to have a army that is better at killing enemies, or you're going to want to have one that's better at surviving and sitting on objectives. Each will want to do both. Um, and you want to try to get as close to the middle as you can, I would say for your, um, really middle of the ground list, your take all comers lists, but rarely will this actually be equal. Um, Most of the time you're either going to come to find out that an army is slightly skewed, even just by a little bit. They're slightly skewed maybe towards killing more or maybe they're slightly skewed towards surviving and taking objectives. Where I would start is on the kill side. If you're playing an objective or not objective-based, but a killing-based mission where you need to kill more models. Like if you're playing the ambush mission out of the core rule book, there are two sides of that. You have one group that is trying to survive and escape off the side of the board. If you're if you're that army, then jump over to the survive side and figure out what's the best route to go. If you are on the other side where you're trying to kill your opponent's models, well then yeah, focus on who's gonna kill the best. When you're looking at your specific models for your faction, you're going to want to look to see who is better at killing and just look at their base stats here. So like for instance, if you're playing Heretic Astartes, I like to use these guys because they have a little bit of chaff and a little bit of um, elite on there. You can build the list whichever way you want. But a cultist on there has a ballistic skill 4+, plus, weapon skill 4+, and then ordinarily most of their basic weapons or even their melee, they have a strength of 3 and then 1 damage. Or you can look at a Chaos Space Marine. This guy has a ballistic skill weapon skill of three plus, and then also has most of the time strength four for its weapons and melee. So which one, just out of those, would you say is better? Easily, it's the Chaos Space Marine. The Chaos Space Marine's better because they can hit better, they can wound better. That's two big things right there. But just note that whenever you're looking at the efficiency, you need to ask, you know, Is it better for me to bring one Chaos Space Marine, or would it be better for me to bring three cultists, as three cultists is equivalent to the points needed to bring one Chaos Space Marine? Um, That jumps more over to the survive side of things and the objective taking side of things, but when you're looking at the efficiency, is it better for you to bring one model that is a little bit more killy than a single cultist, even though he's equal to three different cultists, or would it be better to bring more just ability to shoot more, more models. You want to do the same thing when you're evaluating your special weapons for the faction you decide to jump over to. So like for instance, for Imperial Guard, here's three different profiles for special weapons you can use. You've got a flamer, grenade launcher, and a Melta gun. The flamer has an 8 inch range, it's got an assault D6, strength 4, 0 AP, 1 damage, and it's an auto hit. Really nice, great for clearing out hordes. Grenade Launcher. It's got a 24 inch, so much farther than the eight inch. And it's got two different assault profiles. You got the frag and crack grenades. It's very versatile and allows you to choose which one of those you want to use. If you're wanting to face more horde style, you know, look at frag. If you're looking to take down bigger models, choose crack. And then Melta. it's got a 12 inch range, assault one. So only the the smallest amount of shots you can get so far. Strength eight, minus four AP, and then D six damage. And then if you're within half range, essentially roll with advantage like Dungeons and Dragons. You roll two dice or two D6s and you remove the lowest one. That highest one is how much damage you deal if you are within half range. You are going to find that all of these are better than a LAS gun. So therefore, whatever special weapon guardsman you decide to bring that has a special weapon gun, they're going to be better than a standard LAS gun guardsman. But it is hard to determine a real clear winner in a vacuum because, again, it's up to what archetype you're gonna be facing. If you're gonna be playing against a horde, it might be better to bring more flamers because they can automatically hit. They can take on those charging models or they can spread those shots across, know that they automatically hit, and then they just have to worry about it wounding. But if you're going up against a bunch of different space marines or terminators or custodes, maybe it's better to bring a Melta. Or if you just don't know, bring a grenade launcher. It can kind of do a little bit of both. It's kind of the jack of all trades, master none. It's not gonna be able to be as effective against Space Marines as a Melto would, and it's not gonna be as effective as a Flamer would against Horde, but it is better than just a standard Laz gun, and it helps you out on that side. And if you wanna take a one step further for killing, when you dive in, play a little bit with both. So, let's jump back over to our Chaos side of things. Would it be better for you to bring one Chaos Space Marine with a Flamer? at 16 points or would it be better to bring two chaos cultist gunners with flamers at eight points apiece? they those two gunners are the same points cost together as one chaos space marine with a flamer and then again it's situational would it be better for me to fire 12 shots rather than six shots the nice thing is a flamer automatically hits so the ballistic still is not so big of a deal on this side and you're gonna have to figure out is this better for my army or not um and unfortunately that comes with gameplay and it comes with you learning what factions you're gonna be go up against if you're playing a couple different friends that they have one army apiece, and you know oh well this guy's playing more of a horde army i want to bring my flamers pretty much every time i come against them to get a better opportunity to win well then do that um you know then you have to decide is 12 shots better than six shots. You know, do I want to have a guy that can also get in melee combat if he needs to, or do I just want my cultists that could die a lot easier? So then now jump over to the other side of things. If you're playing an objective based mission, um, you want to look at surviving and then sitting on objectives. So you want your models to survive and it's not necessarily your model specifically surviving, but it's your kill team as a whole wants to survive. When you're looking at that scale of, do I have a more killy, or do I have a more survivable kill team? You want that to try to be as middle as you can from middle of the ground, but you're gonna come to find out that survive can mean a couple things. You either are bringing more models, which comes out to be more wounds, or you're bringing less models that just happen to have more wounds apiece so let's take the death guard for an example if you're playing with a bunch of pox walkers they're three points a piece they're considered more of a horde you can bring more pox walkers to the table they have one wound they have disgusting resilience, just like the rest of the death guard does the one downside is that they only can hit close combat um you can bring plague marines instead and these guys are a bit more elite you can bring one Plague marine that has again just one wound but it has a save throw on top of it not to mention that the versatility that they can fight in combat if they need to but they can shoot as well and they can take special weapons which a pox walker cannot now these two are really out of a different range entirely um, they're tough to compare to each other because they both do entirely different things but your are playing Marines are gonna be a little more elite side poxwalkers walkers be a little bit more horde and that's why you see a lot of people play mixed um, death guard factions similar to the cultists one is three points, one Plague Marine is 14 points. So you can bring four Poxwalkers to equal out one Plague Marine. So when you are playing with them there, because the Poxwalker has no save, if your opponent happens to deal some damage and wound that Poxwalker, which is pretty easy with a toughness of three, they only have Disgusting Resilience to survive on, which is still pretty decent. Um, so they're pretty easy to wound, You know, and it has a hard time of hitting things or killing things itself. So it's up to you to decide, again, on now the killing side, which one of these things is going to be better for me to kill. But if you're playing objective, just say, hey, listen, I can bring more Poxwalkers that have more wounds on the battlefield than bringing one Plague Marine. So if you're looking at survivability side, I would say if you're just looking to have guys be chaff and take up objectives, your Poxwalkers are going to be better than a Plague Marine because you can bring four wounds against one wound. They both have Disgustingly Resilient. The only difference is, is that the Chaos Space Marine has a save. So it's one extra time that you can roll the dice and possibly, possibly save your model's wound. So survivability, the decision's up to you. You wanna look at your model and what they can do and what you need them to do most, but you really ultimately for survivability wanna look at how many wounds can I get on the table? And then if the wounds are equal, how many different throws can I do to actually save them? Do they have a feel no pain, like disgustingly resilient, which if you get wounded, you can roll a dice and possibly negate that wound. Do they have a decent save throw, you know? So is there a chance that I may not lose the wound in the first place? Or do they have a really decent strength, or I mean, really decent toughness? So like a Plague Marine has a toughness of five, I know a bolt gun's gonna have a harder time wounding that plague marine than they would a pox walker. That's what you have to decide there. Would my one model really be worth that many points compared to a, po- a group of pox walkers? That one plague marine might be able to deal more damage, might be able to kill a little bit better, but ultimately they have three different levels to save themselves. They have a better strength in the, or better toughness than the pox walker does. So they have the ability to save themselves right then and there. They also have a saving throw that they can save themselves right there. And then they also have a feel no pain and discussion resilient that can save them again. And then of course, kill team has the flesh wound or out of action, which this one's not really, there's no way to really negate that one outside of just play your models better and don't get shot up so much. But um right then and there, your Plague Marine is of course a little bit better. Your group of pox walkers though, you have to then decide, okay, well, I got four different pox walkers on the table. They have a terrible toughness, so they're gonna get wounded pretty easily. They have no save because they got a seven plus save. So really you're just holding out that your disgustingly resilient save will keep them on the table, and then that feel no, er, another feel no pain, but the uh, the out of action roll will do better for them there too. So yeah, that's what I've got for just some basic tactics kind of bring before you even start rolling dice for kill team and when you're looking at list building how you should equivalent things you can go through and tune your army to face off against hordes or elites or be a little bit more of a jack of all trades where it doesn't mix i personally i'm a big fan of jack of all trades that's probably why i play space rings as much as i do just because i feel like most of the time i'm playing i have the ability to kind of do one or the other Um, I have some guys that are good at taking out hordes. I have some guys who are good at taking out, um, the elites, but they also have good survivability just thanks to their chapter that they're playing. So what are your guys' thoughts? Feel free to let me know at special at gmail.com. Um, you can also hit me up at the special on Twitter or reach me at TheRealJM, just about every social media and gaming platform that there is. I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts, revelations, insights on what you think are good options for strategies for Kill Team or even if you're looking at different list-building opportunities that you have for the game as well. I'd love to hear what you have to say there too. So with that one, I'm going to let you guys go and you have a good rest of your week and we will see you on the next Warhammer Wednesday. Bye. We'll <music>